Welcome back, HVAC On Air listeners. Today we have a special guest. We are doing a special interview with Dr. Thomas Mormon, who is here today from the Perfect Technician Academy. You know, in the past, listeners, we've talked a lot about the skilled trades and the importance of the skilled trades and promoting skilled trades the shortage in the industry a little bit. We've talked about, we've done some interviews with students. We've done interviews with companies in the industry and how they're trying to recruit. And so today we're continuing that conversation a little bit with Perfect Technician Academy and understanding the background and the uniqueness of this particular trade school. And so we have brought Dr. Thomas Mormon here to tell us more. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Lindsay. I really appreciate being here. We are so glad to have you here. You know, and listeners, just for a little bit of background, we actually found out about this school because they reached out to us. So for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us. We love to have folks on the show. We love to hear about the content you want to hear. And so that's how this initial relationship got started. So Dr. Mormon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you got into this industry and tell us about what makes you so passionate about the skilled trades. Absolutely. So I spent 28 years in higher education as a higher education administrator in the University of North Texas system here in Texas. And so uh, I worked as a vice president for student affairs for 15 years. I was a vice provost for academic initiatives. And 25 of those years, I really spent working with primarily health profession students, studying to be doctors, nurses, uh, pharmacists, et cetera. But one of the things that I noticed as a college administrator and working on these university campuses is there's a lot of people that come to the university that really don't need to be there and a lot of them that don't really want to be there but feel like that's their only option. And so I think there's a lot of people that are missing out on other options that are out there that are viable options for careers. And so that's something that we have to change that narrative. About in the 1950s, the narrative changed from working blue collar to, hey, go to college, get these white collar jobs, life will be great for you. We need to change that narrative a little bit because we need to bring uh, an understanding of what opportunities there really are for everybody out there because there's the right place for everybody. And college is not the right place for everybody. And one of the things we've done by telling everybody to go to college is we have a trillion dollars plus in student loan debt. And most of that student loan debt is not payable and not repayable because people are in jobs that aren't making enough money to pay it back. And that's one of the dilemmas. So I kind of get into a narrative with people sometimes. We talk about, well, why the trades? I said, well, let me put it to you this way. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, what is the median salary for an HVAC tech? Uh, Right now in 2019, the latest number's out, it's $48,300. So that's the median salary for an HVA sit tech. So what's the median salary of a college graduate today? $48,000. So you can come to a trade school for six weeks, eight weeks, a year, whatever program you go into, they're all a little bit different and already have that same income as going to four years of college. And you're not paying four years of living expenses, four years of tuition. When you go on and on and on, by the time you graduate college, you've already spent $200,000. Many people are thirty dollars to $100,000 in debt And if you go to a trade school for six weeks like our program, you're making $48,000 each of those four years that you're now going into debt if you go to college. So from an economic standpoint, you're way ahead if you go to a trade school. And so that's what I want to try to let people know that there's so many options out there. Think about all your options and college may be right for you, 
but it may not, and that's okay. There are alternatives that are lucrative career opportunities. And most people are told that, oh, you'll work minimum wage, it's hard work, you're never gonna make a lot of money, you're gonna struggle. And the reality is we know that's not true by being in the trades, you see it every day. There's people that are making six digit salaries in the trades uh, regularly. And so there's lots of opportunity, it's just how you apply yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing about the skilled trades, they're jobs that are always going to be there. That's not necessarily the case sometimes, depending on what you're going to school for. And you have not only this ability to have a salary that lets you have a life, but also a career that's not going anywhere and that is extremely necessary to society. You know, especially I would say in the times that we're in, ACCA put out there that contractors are essential workers. They are needed, especially right now. And so it just goes to show that no matter what the scenario is, you're always going to have a job because there's always somebody that needs to have someone in the skilled trades help them. Um, Absolutely. Being an essential service, I mean, being designated as an essential service is such a wonderful selling factor as well for the trades. And I kind of tease people all along. I said, you know, I worked in medical education for a long time. And I said, and medicine's always been an essential service. And I tried to tell people that before. I said, you know, when you talk about home health and all the things that happen, you have to have climate control. You have to have a safe environment and all the different things that are coming out now that you can put into your HVA systems to purify the air and those kind of things. I said, it is something that's going to benefit the health of that household. And it's essential because a lot of people are spending more time in their homes now. And this summer, I mean, you get these high temperatures, you got to keep people comfortable and safe. And that's a big part of it. So. It's exciting to be able to sell it as that as well. Absolutely. So let's jump into a little bit about the background of Perfect Technician Academy. Tell me how the school got started, the history of PTA. That would be wonderful. It goes back a long way, actually, because the Hobson family, they own their own contracting business. They started air conditioning here in Texas back in the early 60s. So Philip Hobson was one of the first people in this area that was putting out air conditioning systems into homes, into residential homes and things. And uh, so they grew their own air conditioning company. But along the way, what they found is really hard to find quality technicians. And people were jumping around and, and trying to find that group of technicians that they can keep. And so they started training their own for a while. Then they partnered with the local community college and started doing some things with them. And then they decided, you know, we really want to take this to the next level, not just training for ourselves, but training technicians for the industry. Let's do something to promote quality within the industry, and how can we do that? Uh, Brian Hobson, who's a Marine, actually designed the curriculum, and he designed it after the military training model. Wow. It's a high-intensity six-week boot camp for HVAC, basically. I mean, it's (laughs) all-encompassing, you know, all day long. You're going to be working eight hours a day in school, two hours a day of homework every night, six days a week for six weeks. So it's a very intense program but it's really designed after the military immersion models for learning and how they train their soldiers to learn the concept, learn things, and then put them out there and do it. And so that's kind of how we designed it. And that's why we did it at a fast pace, because part of our purpose is getting people into the industry and it's promoting quality technicians for the industry itself. And then also uh, opportunity for a quality lifestyle for that individual technician. So if they go out and they're successful and they do well, So it's really promoting the individual, but also the industry. 
Perfect. I think that kind of leads me into my next question. So that background and that history probably lends itself to the particular program that your school is known for, and, and you focus on bringing veterans into the skilled trades and the industry. So I assume that that background is part of it, and I would love to hear more about that particular program as well and how that started, because it's such a good thing to be to be working with folks and helping them find an alternative path when they come back and they're readjusting to civilian life. Absolutely. And so when you talk about that military transition, that's an important thing to a lot of us for different reasons. It's a personal thing for me as uh, my dad served from 1941 to 1975. Actually, he was in flight school when Pearl Harbor was bombed and he was flying in the Pacific two weeks later. So uh, wow. he went in as an enlisted guy, eventually became an officer in 1960s. And in 1975, he decided to retire from the military. He was 52 years old. He said, okay, I've had all this experience in the military. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna be a leader out in the community and life will be great. So life on base was wonderful. We moved off base and my dad was applying for jobs and you know, he never worked for anybody ever again after that point. And it caused a lot of strife in our family, a lot of spiraling down, a lot of issues. My mom went back to work. I mean, a lot of things ended up happening because he thought this transition would be pretty simple, straightforward, and it just isn't. And most military members find that. Sometimes they'll find their way very quickly. Sometimes they don't at all and they end up homeless. There's all kinds of things that can happen. And so from a personal side is anything we can do to make this transition easier for the veteran we're not only doing the individual a favor, we're doing their immediate family a favor, we're doing their extended family a favor, we're doing their community a favor, we're doing our military a favor. And so it's very important. Anything you do to help that adjustment, it's going to be a bonus. There's a lot of military families in Texas. Texas is a very military-friendly state. The Hobsons have a lot of connections through the military. Even Philip Hobson served in the military as well. And so through that, when the school started, that really wasn't the focus. And even now we say it is a focus of ours, but it's not the only focus. So uh, about 65% of our students right now are coming from the military side. So it, it's grown to that point, but uh, it's still not everybody. We have a lot of people coming from contractors and a lot of people coming from the community as well. But the, the thing with the military guys is uh, many of these guys have a lot of technical training already. They don't know anything about air conditioning necessarily but they're easy to train into the industry because they already understand electronic switches and how things work, motors and all those things. And now it's just a matter of training them on these specific types of equipment. One example I give is I was talking to a soldier at Fort Bliss who did Patriot missile systems and he's an infantry guy. And he says, uh, you know, I joined the army because I didn't do very well in high school. I have no intention of going to college. And everybody's telling me, use my GI Bill to go to college, and I just don't want to. And you can tell his facial expressions are down. He's not real happy about it. And I said, well, tell me about this Patriot missile system that you work on. And he starts talking about the GPS and the radar and the cooling system that it has to have to operate. I mean, it goes through all the different pieces of the puzzle that make that machine work. He said, yeah, but no municipality needs a Patriot missile system in the United States. I said, yes. But if you understand how to repair that high technology and sophisticated equipment, I guarantee you we can retrain you to fix a home air conditioning system. And so that's, you know, you see their eyes wide, you know, they're, they become excited again because, you know, they don't want to go to college and you think a six-week program, I can do this. And it becomes manageable. And now you've opened their eyes to an opportunity that they didn't even see in front of them before. And that's something we want to change the narrative of some of these guys coming out of the military about the opportunities that are out there for them. 
I mean, there's just so many good things that you've just talked about there. The concept of readjusting to civilian life, that's true. They go from serving our country and protecting its citizens to coming back and, you know, what's the next step? And I think the transferable skills into this industry just makes so much sense, especially as the systems get more complicated and we have new regulations and it's not just about the physical aspects, but you have the electronics, you have the new technology around modulation and other types of products, it's endless. And so I think it just, it all makes so much sense that that, that would be a group of people that would fit well into this industry. And it's not just the technical skills, they have the soft skills that we're all looking for as well. And that's the thing people overlook a little bit. They have the, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, the interpersonal skills that they get along. They keep a tidy truck, a tidy toolbox. They clean up their messes when they're done. They make it look good, the customer's happy. I said, it's just a different mindset of what the military training they've been given and utilizing that within this industry make changes everything. So it is a big plus for them. Yeah, for sure. That's another really good point. We've talked with a lot of folks about the importance of soft skills and being able to converse and, and come across as the professional that they are. I'm glad that you brought that point up. And they all know um, how to wear a uniform really well. <laughs> they, they do. <laughs> so once you get them in for the training and they've made it through, they're successful in that, how do you help them take that next step and find a position or a job that fits the training? Right. So for some of the military guys, if we meet them on a military base during a job training session, things like that, we'll actually ask them, where do you want to live when you finish school? If you come to school, where do you want to live? A lot of times it's not the base they're at. My wife's hometown, I promised her when I got out of the military, we're going to move back there. Or I yeah. want to live by my family again, and they live in Indiana. I said, you know, whatever it may be, we try to find out where they want to live. And so we've created a group of contracting partners all over the United States. And so I'll reach out to those guys. I'll say, hey, this guy is thinking about coming to school here. He wants to work back in Indiana. Will you talk to him? And so they'll do an interview sometimes even before they come to school and start talking to him. Oh, wow. Sometimes they'll go and do a ride along with them before they even come to school. So that's optimal. Now, the reality, some of these guys are making a decision one week, two weeks before they come to school. So that's not really feasible. But mm -hmm. day one, when a student arrives at school, whether they're military or not, we have them fill out a sheet about where they want to live when they finish school. You know, what are the communities they want to be in, whether it's locally or outside of Texas. Probably 60% of our students move outside of Texas. They're coming from outside of Texas and going back to where they want to be. So we find out exactly where they want to be, and we'll start reaching out to people, help them build a resume. We take their application that they submitted for school. We use that to do a resume if they don't have one, and we kind of get that started. And then we'll go ahead and start contacting contractors for them while they're in school, try to set up some verbal interviews over the phone. A lot of times people want to meet somebody so they can either do it through telecommunication like we're doing now, or we'll find a time when as soon as they finish the program, they'll go out and do their physical interviews and things like that. But the goal is when I came to this trade school, one of the things I said as a hired kitchen administrator, I said trade schools have had a bad name over history. They've had a, a reputation of enrolling as many students as they can graduating a small percentage and placing a small percentage. And so that's one thing I told uh, Brett Hobson, who's the president and CEO of the school. I said, Brett, if I'm gonna come and do this, uh, it's gotta be different. I wanna change that paradigm. We're gonna enroll quality students, the right students. So we're gonna focus on bringing in the right people. And then we're gonna focus on 100% graduation rate and 100% placement rate. Now that's not necessarily gonna be possible all the time. Uh, right now we're graduating about 97% and placing about 88%. So there's still a little room for improvement, but that's still far and away better than most trade schools around the country. And so that's going to be our goal is how do we get them placed right away? And so placement is a big priority for us from the beginning. 
Well, and I think that is something that students will value as well. Not only is your mission to help them, but you've got stats that prove that. You've got the network to help them get where they need to be. You've got the stats showing that if they get in, they're going to graduate and they'll most likely get placed in a job that they want to be in afterwards. And that says a lot from a student perspective as well. So it's such a great mission that the school is working on that what you guys are doing is such a good service to the community and the trades industry. It's wonderful to hear that that's your focus. And I feel like you're aggressive with it, but that's okay because unless you have goals, you don't know what you're reaching for. So yeah. you can drive all day, but if you don't know where to go and you're never going to get there, right? So, exactly. Uh, but one of the things I say is our focus yeah, we want a quality student and all those things, but the focus really isn't on the student. It's really on the industry. And that's the piece that we want to get people to think about is we want to put quality technicians into the industry. And if we do that, then the placement becomes easier and easier and easier. And so the focus is what does the industry need and how can we provide that for the industry? And if we keep that focus, we will be successful. If we only focus on the students and that piece, and most trade schools, that's what they're focusing on is how do I get students in and out? And then they're done. And I said, that's mm -hmm. not really where we need to be. We need to be part of the industry. What do the industry leaders tell us? What do they want? And let's make sure we're giving them what they want. And then the rest of it will take care of itself. For sure. Do you have a specific success story or experience with a student that you like to tell when you're talking to the industry or when you're talking to folks that are considering the program? Uh, you know, there's lots of the success stories out there. I mean, we have several videos out on YouTube. I can say, go search our school, look at YouTube. You'll see a lot of videos of success stories. But one of my favorite ones and one we've highlighted in some different things is actually one of the gentlemen that is working locally here. He was an Air Force guy, has, you know, three kids, wife. They were living apart because he was trying to find a job in one community. They're living somewhere else. Uh, had to move them into a motel because they couldn't pay rent. And so they're living day by day, just trying to make ends meet. She moved back in with her parents and, you know, somehow he got connected with the school. He used his VA benefits to come to school. I mean, he's on the verge of being homeless, basically, is a story he tells. Oh, wow. is we were just right on that verge. I was about to give up. They told me about the school. I didn't even believe it. I said, you know, I've been made a lot of promises before and nothing's ever come through. And I went to the school because, you know, someone talked me into it. And then uh, I got that first job and that first paycheck, he said, I woke up my wife and I said, you won't believe how much money is in our bank account right now. Because, you know, his first week he had sold a couple systems already. I mean, commission wise and those things. And so already just going real well. And so he's been working for that same company since he left the school. I think he's been going on three years now and wow. just, you know, totally different life. I mean, you know, bought their own home. Everything's moving forward in a very positive direction. And I said, you know, those are the kind of differences you can make because people think the trades, you can't make a living in the trades. The reality is you can make a very good living in the trades and you can live a quality life. You just got to work hard and be willing to do the work. I mean, that, that's really the biggest part of it is it is hard work. But if you're willing to work hard and get your hands dirty a little bit and come home to your family every night, I mean, there you go. You get to do it. Yeah, that's it. Well, on that note, we'd love to thank you for being on the show. I'm glad that we're able to spread this mission for the school and talk about how the skilled trades are essential to this industry. And listeners, if you want to hear more, we'll have links to PTA's website. We will have their YouTube video linked as well as their social channels. So you can reach out to them as well. So thank you again for being on the show. Well, Lindsay, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time today.
And with that, listeners, as always, you can follow us at Copeland Scroll on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find us at ac-heatingconnect.com. Till next time.